how important is it to model gratitude to our kids and teach them to be grateful. Well, we started the Thanksgiving um, sermon series, a, really a Thanksgiving season sermon series, a couple weeks ago, and our goal is not just to think through it, but to think through it, right? And I hope you've all taken that seriously and have been um, thinking about that, maybe even filling out the, the homework assignments that I've given you um, over the last few um, weeks and filling out your gratitude forms. Um, now, James, I think you can just, yeah, there you go. Um, but as we've been discussing, gratitude um, has, has great benefits for us. Even if we, we uh, obviously as Christians, we're being thankful to God, but even if we're just pagan and we're just being thankful, we've looked at the science behind gratitude and the difference that it makes in our lives, the benefits, and, and it's good for us to be thankful. The reality is that, that God did design us to be thankful to be grateful, to give thanks, and that's always a good thing for us to do, right? In fact, our society thinks it's important enough to, to, to make it a national day, right? A President Abraham Lincoln decreed a national Thanksgiving Day in 1863, and, and as you know, in, in the United States, that's the, the fourth Thursday of November, a day of Thanksgiving, and this is a big day for our society big day that we need to spend not just watching football, right, but actually giving thanks. That's a really important part of our culture, a really good cultural practice. But it's even a bigger, bigger deal for us Christians. The scriptures instruct Christians as we looked at last week, as you just read on the screen, 1 Thessalonians 5.18, to give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. The Greek word here for will is this word thelema, which means desire, wish, purpose, will, decision, intent. God's desire for us as his people is to give thanks in all circumstances, right? And we, we've since spent some time clarifying that it's not giving thanks for all circumstances, right? We're not going to give thanks for a horrible event in our lives, but we're going to give thanks in those situations because our God is good. Amen? In fact, God's desire for us is not just to be thankful one day a year. Is that true? <laughs> we're to live a lifestyle of thanksgiving, to work to even rejoice always, right, in the Lord. Why would we give thanks? Again, the the scriptures are just full of reasons why we should be thankful. Um, our God deserves the praise, right? Psalm 24, 1, the psalmist declares that the earth and everything in it belongs to God. Psalm 24, verse 1, it says, The earth is the Lord's and everything in it, the world and all who live in it. So, so we can give thanks to God for the very act of creation, right? That he was willing to put all of this together, that we get to enjoy the benefit um, benefits of all that he's done. James 1.17 says that every gift comes from God. God is behind every blessing that we've received. The verse says this, every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. Genesis 2.7 describes God breathing life into humans. It says, then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life the man became a living being. So even the breath in our lungs comes from God. We have life because of him. Give thanks to him, right? The truth is that it is the very nature of God to be giving. That's because God is generous. That's because God is good. That's because God is faithful. His love, the psalmist proclaims, endures forever. Psalm 136, verse 1, it says, Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. We sang about that this morning, right? And it's more than just love that we're talking about here. The Hebrew word that's translated into love is this word hesed, which it's a multifaceted word. It's, 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 it has many meanings, in fact. Sometimes it's translated as mercy. Sometimes it's translated as loving kindness, his favor, his grace, 
It's all of those things. And one word the psalmist um, of, has given us this image of God to help us more fully worship and give thanks to him, right? A God who loves us. A God who has given us mercy for, for the sins that we've, we've committed. Who shows us undeserved favor. Who is filled with loving kindness. And the best part of that is that it never ends, right? It is a well that doesn't run dry. You remember the description that God gives himself in Exodus chapter 34 that we looked at a couple series ago? We've looked at that several different times, but I think it's worth looking at again. The passage beginning with verse 6 says, And God passed in front of Moses, proclaiming the Lord, the Lord, which is the Hebrew word Yahweh, Yahweh, right? The compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding in love and faithfulness, maintaining love to thousands, and forgiving wickedness, rebellion, and sin. This is the God that we worship, and this is the description that he has for himself. And this love mentioned in this particular verse, this love that's abounding to thousands, um, is this hesed. It's the loving kindness of God. And this word, if you look through the, the Old Testament, that word is used 250 times talking about the love of God. We, we worship a God who obviously is amazingly powerful. He's the great creator, right? We expect that. But this compassion, this mercy, this loving kindness for us, that is unexpected, right? And it should be celebrated. We should be celebrating who our God is. Back to Psalm 136. It doesn't just end with verse 1. Look at the next verse and then the next verse and the next verse. It says, give thanks to the God of gods. His hesed, his, his love, endures forever. Give thanks to the Lord of lords. His love endures forever. To him who alone does great wonders, his love endures forever. Who by his understanding made the heavens, his love endures forever. Who spread out the earth upon the waters, his love endures forever. Who made the great lights, his love endures forever. The sun to govern the day, his love endures forever. The moon and stars to govern the night. His love endures forever. Are you catching, a, catching on to what, what's being said here? His love endures forever. Everything that the psalmist was coming across was a reason to celebrate God's love for us, right? Psalm 106 verse 1 says, Praise the Lord. Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. <laughs> Who can proclaim the mighty acts of the Lord or fully declare his praise? Do we ever get to a point that we've praised him enough or given thanks to him enough? Have we touched on every single thing that we are thankful for yet? No, right? So give thanks. Continue to give thanks. Give thanks. <laughs> and as Christians, we know an even deeper love of God than has said. He doesn't just give us love. He gives us his very self, Right? The ultimate demonstration of his gift of love for us was sending his son. It says in, in the Gospel of John, John 3.16, it says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. He died on the cross for us, right? That whoever believes, believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. His giving... It's an outpouring of the love <laughs> that we should have towards him, right? He pours out his love towards us, and he shows us the example of being the ultimate giver, right? He is the source of our blessings, and he should be the recipient of our gratitude. And he calls on us to be grateful. And we've looked at scriptures, <laughs> tons of them over the last few weeks, telling us just that. Be grateful to God. Remember to, to, to give him thanks. In fact, we see over and over again in the Old Testament, whenever anything important happened along the way in the story of the people of, of God, what did they do? They would actually pile up these stones wherever it was that they were, they were acting, right? I mean, what were they doing? What were these stacks of stones? These stacks of, stacks of stones were meant to be reminders, so that we, when, we pass, when they pass by that way again, 
They could remember what God had done at that point. So even they had forgetters. I mean, we forget things, right? We forget to celebrate God. We forget all the things that he's done for us. And, and so it was with them. So they set up these stones, and it wasn't just to give thanks in that moment. It was to, to teach their kids. It was to teach the next generations about God's faithfulness, to tell the story again, right? Make sure you tell your kids why we're thankful to the Lord. I mean, throughout the Old Testament, praise for God took on this form of listing all of his attributes, listing all of these great deeds that he had done. Look at Psalm 105. It says, give praise to the Lord, proclaim his name, make known among the nations what he has done. Sing to him, sing praise to him, tell of all his wonderful acts. <laughs> and it really is this, this praise, this thanksgiving that fills our, praise, fills our worship, right? Our thanksgiving is what our worship is all about. This pattern that we've seen over the last few weeks where we remember what God is to us, right? Remember who he is, but also remember what he's done. Those are the primary categories of thanksgiving. And yet there's another aspect of thanksgiving that I want to... Uh, maybe emphasize a little bit more this morning. And it comes back to this passage that we've just read. Psalm 105 is just one of the places that it talks about it. But think about this. It says, proclaim his name. Make known among the nations what he has done. In fact, sing praise to him. Tell of all of his wonderful acts. You, you see this, sing, tell, right? So, so if you think about it, being thankful, it is an individual act. It is something that we can do um, on our own, but there's definitely a community aspect to thanksgiving. The truth is, for, for people in the Old Testament, thanks was not just an individual private practice. It was, it was literally coming together as a people and proclaiming publicly all that he's done, right? All that he is, celebrating him, giving him thanks. In fact, the book of Psalms is comprised of spiritual songs and praise that they would use in public worship services, right? And we even use those psalms in our public wor worship services still. Listen to Psalm 100. It says, Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth. Worship the Lord with gladness. Come before him with joyful songs. Know that the Lord is God. It is he who made us, and we are his. We are his people, the sheep of his pasture, Enter his gates with thanksgiving and his courts with praise. Give thanks to him and praise his name. For the Lord is good and his love endures forever. There that is again, right? His faithfulness continues through all generations. But, but think about this. What gates were they entering with thanksgiving? What, what courts were they coming into with praise? These were actually physical places, right? This was part of the temple in Jerusalem. So the psalmist is actually describing the actual people coming together for worship. And what are they doing? They're giving thanks to God. That, that's their purpose. That's why they get together for worship, right? There's definitely an individual aspect to this, but, but for sure there's a community expectation throughout Scripture that we come together and we give praise to the Lord together as one voice. And think about this from a practical reason. I think that sometimes we come into this place and we've had a rough week. Does that ever happen? <laughs> and sometimes we don't even feel like being here, if I were to be honest, right? I mean, not, not feeling it today, <laughs> but I'm here, which is a good thing. That's a good choice still, right? But then something happens, I think. Even though we're not quite feeling it, even though the prayers start, right? And then the music begins and people start singing around you. And you see them expressing praise to God. And something starts happening, maybe even inside your own spirit. You begin to remember who it is that you worship, right? And all the great things that he's done. And the Spirit of God begins to move and our spirits are lifted up as we lift up the Lord together. 
I mean, do you believe that God is actually here this morning? That his presence, his spirit is in this place? I mean, times of community thanksgiving reminds us that we too ought to be thankful for the things that we're singing about, right? They're not just words that we're singing. We're trying to express them from our hearts. And sometimes we're not feeling it. But, but isn't it a good practice to just rest in his in his mercy and his love and be rem- reminded of all the good things that he's done for us? Psalm 34 says, I will extol, which really just means praise enthusiastically the Lord at all times. Again, we, we look at these all, at all times types of statements, right? Does that mean we're going to feel? Is it a feeling? No, we're just going to do it. It's an act. And sometimes I think in our society, we, we, we frown upon this idea of uh, doing something that we're not feeling authentic about, something that we aren't quite feeling. But, but sometimes we just have to do it because it's the right thing to do, right? And then we have an opportunity to, to maybe live into it and start feeling the thanks that we're offering, right? So it says, I I will extol or praise enthusiastically the Lord at all times. His praise will always be on my lips. I will glory in the Lord. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Do you hear that? Let Let the afflicted, the ones who are having a rough week, hear, let them hear and rejoice. This is a practice of thanksgiving where we are speaking to one another. We saw that in Ephesians 5 when we went through that passage is Thanksgiving is not just this direction. Thanksgiving is going out this way, and we're reminding each other all the great things that God has done for us, right? We're in this together. Let the afflicted hear and rejoice. Glorify the Lord with me. Let us exalt his name together. Let's do it, right? Megan Hill writes an interesting article called Giving Thanks as a Community Project. And she writes this, I'm glad we're more aware of our need to give thanks, but I wonder if this individual focus on thankfulness neglects an important aspect of thanksgiving, something that the thanksgiving services of my childhood affirmed. Gratitude is a communal event. Thanksgiving is not simply a thank you card sealed in an envelope intended only for the eyes of the divine addressee. It's not just designed for God to see right? Thanksgiving is an open public declaration. Thanksgiving doesn't just whisper. Thanksgiving shouts to everyone within earshot what Psalm 66.5 says, come and see what God has done. He is awesome in his deeds towards the children of men. And then she finishes up with this. In churches too often plagued by envy and conflict, corporate thanksgiving is an opportunity to enter into the joys of others, right? To delight with them at the Lord's kindness. Do we ever do that in worship? As we hear what God is doing around us, are we giving thanks to the Lord and and to affirm that blessing given to one member is in fact a blessing to the whole body, right? When someone is blessed in a worship service and we see it and we're responding to their blessing, I mean, it's a blessing to all of us, right? I mean, it's amazing to think about how important gratitude is to us individually, that God had created us, us for that specifically, right? But that this is something that we do together, that we rub off on each other our, thanks, our thankfulness, our gratitude. Being thankful is not just an individual feeling. It's a corporate action, right? We need to be thankful communities, don't we? We, we should consider thankfulness and gratitude uh, and a very important value for our church family, our community. It's important, giving thanks to God for who he is and what he's done. And a great way to do that is in times of testimonies, right? When we share our individual stories of who God is to us, to me, to you, <laughs> And we get to share maybe even what God has done for me individually. But, but when we share those stories together, what do they become? They become our stories. They become our avenues 
for celebration of God, right? We get to hear how God has worked in our lives. And it blesses us. So this morning, before we have our um, corporate time of Thanksgiving that we'll share with in just a moment, I, I thought it would be important to maybe have uh, a testimonial as well. Um, Wayne Glam, would you come forward for me here? I'll grab a mic. Now, in, in our church, we have this thing. Come on up here, Wayne. Wayne's a little nervous about this, but I'm, I assured him that it, this is going to go peachy. <laughs> I think this thing is on, so I'll give you that. Anyway, one of the things that we do as a church is we have this thing called Hello Neighbor, right? That's what, just a piece of our service. Um, and what we do in that time period is we're just trying to get to know each other, right? But as we get to know each other, we get to hear each other's stories a bit, which again, isn't just my story or his story, but it literally is our story, and we get to celebrate those stories together. So I'm just going to interview Wayne Glime a little bit and allow him to share his story with us. And I don't know how many of you have heard his story before, but, but I'll just kind of warm Wayne up a little bit here. Wayne, where did you uh, grow up? Can you tell us a little bit about your childhood I was uh, born in Fresno, California. Uh, I was a preemie, uh, about three and a half months, and uh, my parents brought me home in a shoebox, and I had a, oh. a little drawer that they did in a cabinet or a dresser, and that was my uh, bed for a little bit, and uh, so I started out small. But now it's not considered that small. I mean, they have miracles that are really amazing. So. All right. So as you grew up, um, what did you do for fun? Things that you did? Um, I loved the outdoors, and uh, but uh, we lived in town, so I w hung out at the railroad tracks, and behind the railroad tracks there was uh, a ditch that would fill up with water, and me and my partners would build rafts and sail in the yonder. <laughs> yeah. So, and I uh, did that quite a bit. And then when I turned, uh, always kind of worked. And I learned early on that uh, if I wanted stuff, um, I had to work and get it. So what I'd do, and I always didn't like asking my parents because they would say no. So uh, early on at 12 and 13, I that back then, paper routes and uh, mowing lawns and pushing it around behind your bike and that kind of stuff, that was my thing. And um, I made made money as a kid. And that was fun. Something oh, fun yeah. I enjoyed it. That was that was fun. Okay. So Especially what when I asked my parents, I'm going to get this. No, you can't. But I got my own money. So it, it didn't always work, but it did. most of the time it did. So what kind of things do you do for fun now? Um, we're... Um, just, uh, I, I met my wife here in church, uh, which was a blessing. And, uh, we are, she is a, a soccer mom, a basketball mom, a volleyball mom. She's a coach's mom or grandmother or mom. But anyway, uh, we love our grandkids and, uh, love just watching them live in life and, uh, trying to guide them into, uh, uh, life with the Christ. All right, so we know you as a good guy, right? Wayne Glyde's a good guy, um, well, but you haven't known you, do. <laughs> you haven't known the Lord um, your whole life. Oh no! So can you tell us a little bit about how you came to know the Lord? I'm in. I was involved in drugs and alcohol. Cocaine was cheap uh, back in the '70s and uh, uh, late '70s, and I did a lot of drinking. Worked hard, worked on a dairy, uh, 12, 14, 18 hours a day, and uh, just uh, took things that would keep you awake and all kinds of stuff. But I definitely did not know the Lord at all. But then in 1980, um, I was at a friend's house partying and doing drugs and drinking, and uh, I climbed up on their second-story roof and dove into the swimming pool. 
And about the third or fourth time I jumped in the swimming pool, I hit the side of it and broke my neck. And uh, they uh, kind of got me out of the pool and set me in a chair for about 30 minutes while they kept partying and doing stuff. And um, I was in trouble. Um, I needed help and they eventually called somebody to help me and uh, went to the hospital and um, I was broke number five and number seven uh, vertebrae in my uh, neck. I didn't sever my spinal cord, but it was so bad that I was paralyzed for quite a while afterwards and they were convinced that I would be a quadriplegic. <clears throat> At the time I was married, uh, when uh, my wife found out that uh, I was going to probably be a quadriplegic, she said, I did not sign up for this. I am not going to go through it with you. I am out of here. So I was uh, there, just mom and dad and grandma, and uh, counted the dots on the ceiling and counted the squares on the floor as they turned me every day a couple times and keep my blood, my blood flowing and uh, I was paralyzed there. But during that time, I know Pastor Brian preached on um, an interruption. Uh, the Lord interrupted. He got my attention. And he hit me on the side of the head with a broken neck and said, and I did the foxhole prayer, please get me this, please help me, please, I need help, Lord. And I didn't know who I was really talking to, but I knew I had to do something, and he was there. And, uh, and through that course of being paralyzed, he sent people that nobody else saw but me, evidently, and uh, said, all right, Wayne, I will get you out of this. I will help you. And uh, so I just started with that interruption. Um, I became where I could start moving my fingers after four or five months and start feeling things. And everybody was telling me that it won't last. But it did last, and uh, <clears throat> I got out. I wore a halo for three or four months after that, and finally uh, got it. I went to a, a bunch of churches and uh, trying to figure out how to do this. And I wasn't alone, but I was alone because I didn't know the steps that I should be taking to follow the Lord. And then in uh, about 90, that was in the 80s, and it took me a while. I'm a kind of a slow learner, evidently, but around 97, my parents found Emmett, kind of a weird way, but found Emmett and started coming to this church, and uh, they built a house out here and uh, <clears throat> started asking for prayer for me, and uh I would come to visit my parents, and I'd come to church with them, and everybody knew me. I didn't know nobody, but everybody knew my name. They, they, they were thing, and, and my life started to change then by you guys, um, some that are here now, and some that are in heaven, and some that have moved away, but they prayed for me. And I just slowly but surely started. And then there was a pastor here, Pastor Stan. <clears throat> he came over to the house and walked through dirty clothes and um, had pathways. And he didn't care. He kept on coming and he kept on coming. And he kept plugging me in. And you guys kept on praying. And it, it was a blessing that um, was amazing for me. 
because I don't know how much I was given back to the people that were praying for me, but um, I know I was receiving it a lot. And then in 2000, I accepted the Lord at a um, conference and uh, just took me and grabbed me and, and uh, said, Wayne, you are my and you belong to me. And I loved the Lord. Uh, when I started working here, I'd be kind of pretty excited. And the guys at work would tease me about being a Christian boy. And I'd just pump my fist and say, yes. Because that was the first time I realized that other people could see me as a Christian. And I would pump my fist. And after about six months, I quit doing that. And so a couple, you know, I says, hey, why did you guys quit calling me Christian boy? You were too enthusiastic about loving the, the Lord. So uh, anyway, that's the short version. Yeah, thank you for that story. That's definitely our story, right? Even involves this place. Yes, and I am so blessed to have a family that cared about me before I even cared about you, and um, I, I didn't know how strong this family is until I really was blessed by what the church family had to offer me. Thank you, Mike. Um, so, yeah, for sure. Praise to God. Um, one last question. Obviously, that was 20 years ago or so, and yeah. God's continued to teach you. Is oh, there yeah. Things that you might have learned from him the last little bit. Well, I, the Lord blessed me finding a wife in this church. And my wife came a family that was, that I lost but I was gained with a family that I never knew and had the slightest idea how much joy I would get out of that family. So I want you to know I am so grateful for Janet and helping me. I'm not a very good reader. I'm math, and uh, I, I know math good, but reading I, I struggle in. And, but she has always taken time to read the Bible for me and, and answer questions and everything. So she has been a huge blessing in my life, along with, I'd even ask Addie how to spell words sometimes. So she's a smart one of the family. But. Yeah, that's good. No, I, but, go ahead. but he's worked in my life every day. I am so grateful. And, in 2019, I had a stroke, and uh, <clears throat> the Lord kind of brought each and every one of you into my heart because I was afraid I was going to die, and I haven't told you that I really love you. And ever since my stroke, I, Jesus has waned. Tell people that you love them. So I have turned into a person of, as Nathan would say, job you did great <laughs> all right now what does Wayne's story do for your heart I mean if you have a heart and it's beating in there I mean it should be beating a little stronger maybe right it just makes us want to praise the Lord because he's good 
And that is what we're talking about, corporate thanksgiving, hearing the stories of others and making them our own, giving thanks to the Lord. So we're, we are going to spend just a few minutes. Um, I don't expect, and I actually hope that you don't go as long as Wayne. <laughs> but... <laughs> but a phrase of praise of something that you're thankful for and again think about the categories that that we've been talking about what is who is god to you um what has he done for you and and um let's just share a few testimonies and again online there's a phone number to text to 208-807-0518 i think we can throw that on the screen as well. Can you guys put that up online? Thank you. Um, all right. So I need a, a couple mic people. There you go. And if you, you want to just stand up and wait for the mic so we can hear you and just give a word of Thanksgiving. Hi, my name's Larry, and uh, I'm thankful that I only saw one mosquito yesterday. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And 11, 12 years ago, God directed Kathy and I to Emmett, and um, it's turned out to be a, a really good decision on his part. We certainly enjoy this church, the warmth of this church, and the people that have received it so warmly. Uh, Dave Mitchell was the first big, tall dude that walked up and grabbed a hold of our hands and welcomed us the first time we walked in the church, and it still continues. It's, this is a great place to be a part of. We love you too. <laughs> that never happens. Hi, my name is Ron. I'm new to this church, this community. I used to live in Fayette. I'm just thankful to be alive, to be here. There's so much I could say, but it's hard to talk. But I'm just thankful to be here, and I'm thankful for the feeling that I have, the need that I have, the yearning that I have to have God in my heart and my soul. Thank you, God. Amen. Praise the Lord. thankful for many things. January 23rd changed a lot for Grant and I. But you know, prayer was pretty stinking amazing. And as Doug Severance has dubbed it, the party line was active. And um, I thank you all for that. Grant's doing well. And uh, it's been good. My dad had surgery Friday afternoon. He's doing well. Recovering, he sounds a lot better, he looks a lot better. And if you know my dad, that says a lot. And, um, but the party line was active. And I'm just thankful for a lot of things. I'm thankful for the church. I'm thankful, Brian and James and I have talked a lot this week on the phone and text and things. I'm just thankful for a lot of things. But my last thankful thing for is I work in the fields. And starting at 2 o'clock this afternoon, I'm going to be done. And I am so thankful, and I'm so happy, and I'm so happy to put my laptop away for the, the hay season and the corn season. But harvest is good, and so I'm thankful. So thank you all. Praise the Lord. My name's Jeannie. 
I'm thankful for a lot of things, but today I'd like to thank God for bringing Larry and me together. He's a good man with a good heart, and he makes me laugh every day. <laughs> I uh, <clears throat> want to thank the people along with Wayne who prayed for him. It was week after week, month after month, before he moved from California to Idaho because of his, his uh, mom and grandma. But there's a Bible verse that says, uh, now we see through a glass darkly, but then face to face. This is a general application of that. Everyone that's prayed for Wayne and had a hope through prayer that he would come to Christ is a part of Wayne's salvation. I think he expressed that, but I also want to express thanksgiving for everyone that prayed. Before there was a real result in Wayne, there was about a year to two years of people faithfully praying with his mom and grandma, faithfully praying. And uh, it's e easy to overlook the power of prayer, of God's people being faithful in prayer, and then preserving, even if it looks like an impossibility. And Wayne's story was an impossibility. He would ever be the Christian he is today. Thank you. And thank you to those who are already in heaven now, his mom and grandma, everybody that's in heaven and everybody that's here today who simply in faith and hope prayed for his salvation. Not everything in God's kingdom happens in an instant. Many of the most precious things are prayed for by faithful people in prayer long, long term, even years. Thank you. I'm glad there was someone praying for Wayne. Aren't all of you? Hey, uh, we have a few online or uh, text messages. Uh, Christina Peterson says, I'm so grateful for friends that God placed in my life and for the godly encouragement they offer daily and for our amazing church family. And then Tim Campbell says, I am grateful for God to continue to mold me into the person he predestined me to be. And then I've got another one. Uh, I don't have this one in my, uh, yeah, anonymous. So God has restored my relationship with my son. We now have our son back in our lives after years apart. And that is a really, really powerful thing. Um, amen to that. I want to say thank you to God for his care and watchfulness over us this last year. You know, Carl had his surgery, and, and uh, we just had a kind of an upheaval in our life with all of that, and uh, you, you folks just prayed for us, and, and uh, we wouldn't have made it without your prayers. I know that. I didn't know how bad we were affected until after it was over. <laughs> but uh, and then my deal here about a month ago. and <clears throat> So we just thank God very much. Uh, I do thank God for Carl. Uh, several of you have talked about uh, meeting your spouse. Well, it was a miracle that Carl and I met. And we've had 32 good years of 
of uh, interesting life, and we still have each other, and we're thankful for that. And, and God is with us, and God has provided, and gives us comfort, and we are at peace, and there's just so many things to be thankful for. It would take a long time to talk about it all. Thank you. Hi, my name is Cameron, and um, I'm thankful for going to this church and having all of you guys as a church family. Thankful for God. Um, I am thankful I'm gonna cry for heaven and um, the promise of eternity. But isn't it comforting to know we can always lose everywhere and we get to see them again? Thank you, Lord. Uh, I would just like to say personal, I'm grateful for the trials and tribulations that have been placed in my life, for they have molded me into the person that I am today, and today I am a, a much happier with who I am than the person that I used to be. Tyler, I'll bounce that off James too. Same thing. I didn't always grow up as a Christian. Uh, it was something later in life, but I will say that I am thankful for coming to this church and all of you guys because having a close family like all of you makes it a lot easier to be a Christian. Hello, my name is Mike, and I'm a school teacher, and I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity <clears throat> to influence the, the hearts and the minds of young people. Similar to Wayne, I've had experiences where his coworkers saw Jesus through him. Every year, I have three or four, a handful of kids come up to me and say, Mr. Sissel, are you a Christian? And I say, yes, and they say, I could tell. So I'm grateful that Jesus uses me, not just to teach curriculum, but teach ultimately about how to live like Jesus lived. Praise the Lord. I'm thankful that every Wednesday morning I get to study the Word of God with the most amazing group of beautiful children of the King. I am just thankful for new life. I was sharing with my sister-in-law last night that since June, in our church family, we've had four new babies, and and you've probably noticed we're having showers back to back, but we're squeezing them in before the holiday season gets into full swing. But I'm just thankful for new life.
we can uh, probably imagine what the application of the sermon might be, right? This is the use your homework assignments, the little gratitude sheets, continue to be thinking about what you're grateful for. Um, but then take the next step and actually go share with someone what you're thankful for. That's the assignment for this week. Our God is good. He's worthy of our praise. And as as has very well been said this morning, we just have so much to be thankful for. And if we just spent the time, we could spend the whole day just sharing about God's goodness and what we have to be thankful for. Can we just pray together as we close our service this morning? Lord God, I do just thank you. I thank you for your goodness and your love, your care for us. We have so many, so many great things in our lives. And Lord, it's important for us to show our gratitude, to show our thanks to you. We know that. Your word tells us that. <laughs> it's your will for our lives. So Lord, help us as your people to spend time each and every day thinking about what you've done for us and who you are in our life and giving thanks. And especially today, Lord, as we think through the corporate aspect of this, would you help us as your people to shout praises to you, to sing out to you what you've done, and to just give you praise. You are a great God and worthy of our praise, Lord. And we just uh, lift you up this morning. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen. Would you stand with me as we sing our way out of the service? He's so good. God is so
small things like me and her on a porch swing the summer nights and fireflies and the sound of my old six string blessings on blessings on blessings on blessings if i still got breath in these lungs then that's all i need to get down on my knees and be thankful for all that he's done for my mama for my friends for your love that never ends for the songs that make us dance on the shoulder Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Raise up, eyes closed. One thing I know. I just want to thank you, Lord. 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 Thank you, Lord